0: Click the link down below and watch this free training where I will show you these frameworks on how you can achieve more in the next 90 days than you possibly have in the last 5 to 10 years. Click the link down below and watch the training before it goes away. How's it going? Welcome back to the 10X is Easier Than 2X YouTube series. This is episode 6, and in this episode, I'm going to break down chapter 3 of this book. Not all of chapter 3, but one of the core concepts in this, which is wanting what you want. This is actually a Dan Sullivan concept. He wrote a little book called Wanting What You Want, And I love this concept because it goes to the core of psychology and of human beings and agency and choice. Whether or not you're free to make your own choices or whether you believe that outside forces are compelling you to choose things. And so this cuts to the core of a 10x psychology. Really the core of it is is choosing freedom and having the freedom to choose what you want and believing that you have the freedom to choose what you want. And then over time, deciding what you want from an intrinsic motivation standpoint rather than going for what you think you need or what other people think you need. So I'm going to break this down on multiple levels and the purpose I would say of this video is to help you peel away the layers. This is one of the things that we've been talking about throughout this series is is that to go 10x, you're gonna have to strip away all of the layers of everything that's not the David. Using the Michelangelo terminology, how he created the David was is he stripped away everything that's not the David. From my standpoint, that David is your 10X future self, which is your higher self or your purest self. It's your future self. And in order to become that future self, you've got to strip away everything that's not the David. And a lot of what you're stripping away Are your fears, your doubts, your concerns, the things that you think you need? Uh, We've talked a lot in this series about stripping away the 80%. The 80% of your life is your past self and your current self that you're holding on to now out of a sense of security. The 80% of your life is security. In order to go 10x, you have to let go of 80% of your life, which is your past self. What got you here won't get you there. And you've got to go all in on the 20% and make it 10 times better. But in order to go all in on your 20% using the 80-20 principle, in order to go all in on the 20%, by the way, that 20% represents freedom. You've got to choose that, believe in it, commit to it, and then ultimately have the courage to go for that. And you've got to let go of the 80%. And often we keep the 80% because we think we need it. We think we need it because it's, it's comfortable. It's secure. It's secure. So part of the stripping away of the 80% is about stripping away everything you think you need, but you ultimately don't want. There's a lot of things in your life right now that you're keeping out of habit or out of security. Even addiction is something that we we hold on to because it's emotionally secure, but we don't ultimately want it. We think we need it. That's actually the essence of addiction is, is you keep it because you think you need it, but you don't want it. And you actually think it has negative downsides to your future. But you may keep a lot of things that you don't want, but you think you need it could be a certain relationship, it could be a job. The main point here is to strip that away and to get to the essence of who you are, which is pure intrinsic motivation. And this is also where you start to develop pure mastery as well, is as you start to to see your own uniqueness and start to just operate out of want and freedom and choice. And this is how you can create a life of abundance and success where you're no longer worried about how people perceive you. You're no longer worried about what they think you should want. You stop letting other people dictate who you are or the fears of how they're going to respond to what you want. This is, I think, something really important when it comes to your future self. I love the quote from Alcoholics Anonymous that all progress starts by telling the truth. Now that has a lot to do with your past and about being honest about your past and opening up about your past, whether that's trauma or choices you've made in the past, but it's also true of your future self and being really honest about what you most core want. I think that that's actually the essence of who we are, what we desire. And I love this quote from Neil A. Maxwell. Neil A. Maxwell said that what we most deeply desire is what we will eventually become. And it's also true that your future self is going to want something different than you. So One of the big differences between wanting and needing is the difference between scarcity and abundance. If you believe in a wanting world, what that means is if you're willing to choose what you want and and believe you can have what you want, then you can have a world of abundance. You believe in abundance. If you believe in a world of scarcity, where you believe that the world is based on scarce resources, and that if you have more than someone else, then you're essentially depriving them of something, and so you should only have what you need, then you are focused on a world of scarcity. An important way to define the difference between abundance and scarcity is actually explaining the difference between wealth and money. Wealth and money are two different things. There's a great article on this called How to Create Wealth by Paul Graham. But he talks about the difference between wealth and money. Money is a finite resource. Money actually, there is a scarce amount of money, although obviously they print more and more of it. But money is a finite resource and it's a scarce resource, whereas wealth is actually an abundant resource, wealth is something that's created, whereas money is something that is consumed. Scarcity is kind of a consumption perspective, but it's also a finite perspective where you're focused on, for example, scarce resources like money. Wealth is very different from money because wealth is actually what you want. And so Paul Graham gives the example of someone who has like a broken down car and they spend the summer building up that car, fixing it up and ultimately restoring it into something nice. Now, they actually just built wealth because they actually just improved something, created something that now is worth more than it was worth before. And by them having a more worthwhile car, that doesn't actually take away from anyone else. So wealth is what we as human beings actually want. Wealth is resources. It could be knowledge, capabilities. Wealth could be resources, whereas money is how you move those resources. So for example, if you go to the grocery store, you're actually buying wealth. You're buying groceries and you're using money as a form of exchange of moving those. And so we often equal the two, but money and wealth are not the same thing. Wealth is something that is a resource that can be created and it's an infinite game. Money is a finite game. Abundance and wealth are an infinite game. And if you're operating in the infinite game of abundance and wealth creation, then you can actually create as much wealth as you want. And that wealth doesn't actually have to take away from anyone else. This is the idea. And Paul Graham talks about this, the difference between a finite pie versus an infinite pie. Back to his example of someone, you know, renovating their car and upgrading their car. Now they actually have a nicer car, but the world has a nicer car that didn't exist until they actually made the choice of renovating that car. Them improving that car takes away nothing from anyone. So me, as an example, if I choose to invest my time in developing knowledge and skills and capabilities, I'm now generating wealth that takes away nothing from you. But I've now created a lot of wealth for myself in terms of skills, capability, knowledge. I could create products, uh, you know, anyone who creates or innovates a product, that wealth doesn't take away from anyone else. And wealth is an infinite game. Wealth is abundant. And so you can create as much wealth as you choose, if you choose to do it. So one of the key concepts of going 10x is that you're going to have to shift from a scarcity mindset where you're operating based on money to more of an abundance mindset where you're focused on wealth creation. And when I mean wealth creation, and this has a lot to do with getting 10 times better at what you do, when you start to imagine a 10 times future self, you want to start to think about like what is who is that future self and what kind of wealth do they have not in terms of just the life they have the lifestyle maybe the family as an example i have an incredible family um but also what is the type of value can they create for other people so as an example back when i was a phd student and i was imagining my 10x future self as a professional author that future self ultimately led me to creating a lot of value and a lot of wealth for myself and for other people. First off, I had to develop a lot of skills. I wanted to become a professional author, so I took a lot of online courses and invested in myself. And by the way, you are, you from your own standpoint can be seen as wealth. You you can invest a lot in yourself and you can become more valuable to both yourself and other people. And so because I was investing so much in myself and developing rare and valuable skills, I actually love the book by Cal Newport. He talks about, so good they can't ignore you and that in order to become valuable, you've gotta develop rare and valuable skills. And so because my 10x feature self was a professional writer, I developed massively incredible wealth in terms of skills, but also in terms of outputs. I, I learned how to write, I learned how to think, I learned how to create. Even this video right now is a form of wealth, which I am choosing to create. Some people will see this as valuable, some people will see this as trash, but me creating this takes nothing away from the world. It actually could benefit the world to some people and to other people, it's just gonna be ignored or discarded. In seeing my future self and in having a 10X future, it led me to developing massive skills and abilities. It ultimately led me to writing hundreds of blog posts, which were read by over 100 million people. And none of that would have come out. And also the benefits of those who read those 100, 100 million blog posts, none of that would have happened if I didn't want to create it. And so you have to see part of the difference between wanting and needing is if you wanna live in the world of wanting, then you get to choose what you want, but also you get to choose to create the life that you want. This comes down to choice. Another super important point that Dan makes about wanting versus needing is is that if you are operating in the world of needing, then you have to justify everything you do. So for example, if if I wanna do something and if I think that I need to, then I have to justify what I'm doing to you, to other people. Whereas if I operate in the world of wanting, which is the world of abundance and choice, I don't necessarily need to justify to you or to anyone else why I want what I want. I can just want it because I genuinely want it, which taps into the next level, which is intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. If you are truly intrinsically motivated to do something, it means you just truly see it as an end in and of itself. You you see value in it. You see, And, and I think that this is really part of the core of stripping away all of the layers of the David. And also all of the worries of what other people think and all of the perceived pressure of what other people think you either need or want, or even thinking you need to need things is just tapping into that level of intrinsic motivation. Once you start getting intrinsically motivated towards something, there's obviously a lot of research on this. Your performance is going to shoot through the roof because you're doing it because you genuinely want to. And because you see it in an end, in and of itself, you're pursuing what you want to simply because you want to, and you don't need to justify that to anyone else. I don't need to justify to you why I'm making this video. I might just want to make this video because I want to, and I might have my reasons for wanting to, but I don't have to justify those reasons to you. When you start operating in the world of wanting versus needing, as Dan discusses in his little book, Wanting What You Want, also what we discuss in this, you stop needing to justify your wants to other people. If you go for a world of 10x abundance, a lot of people are going to try to make you justify that. And and there's not really any justification for creating 10x wealth and abundance. There's not any reason to justify it. Instead, you want it because you want it. If I want to make this video, I don't need to justify that to you. So the heart of this issue comes down to freedom or compulsion. And if you're operating out of perceived need, then you're not actually free. If you feel like you need something or if you're operating out of need, then you're not actually free. But the thing that you think you need owns you. So you're, you're actually operating out of compulsion. And I think this happens a lot when people are overly worried about what other people think about them. They You might think you need to be successful or you might need to be a b- millionaire or you might need that girl's phone number. And anytime you're operating out of perceived need versus just genuine want and desire, if you're operating out of perceived need, then you're not free. That thing owns you. But also if you're doing something because you think you need to or because you think someone else wants you to, or or because you think you have to, then that's the opposite of freedom. So the point of intrinsic motivation is to get to a point where you're operating out of want. So when I was in my undergrad studying psychology, I actually went through a lot of counseling. And one of the things that the counselor told me was, is that there are no shoulds in life, there are only wants. And he was also speaking in terms of spiritual and even like religious or gospel perspectives. He was saying that like, even if you're a religious person, if you think that you should, for example, do what God wants you to do, then you're not actually free. And that from a higher spiritual perspective, God lets us operate based on want, based on choice. This actually taps into a hierarchy of motivations, which is not the same as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. A hierarchy of motivations means that There are different motivations or reasons for you to do something. The bottom motivation of this hierarchy would be doing something to avoid a negative outcome or to, for example, avoid a punishment. So, for example, if a child is doing their chores to avoid being punished, that's a motivation, but it's an avoidance-based motivation. And psychologists have broken motivation into approach and avoid. And if you're doing something simply to avoid a punishment or a negative outcome, Obviously, that can be helpful, but it's it's a low level of motivation. And it's also, first, it's extrinsically motivated, but it's also self-absorbed. You're only doing something to avoid a punishment on yourself. You're not really doing it because you genuinely value or want it. You're just doing it because you're avoiding something you don't want. Typically, in this case, a punishment on yourself. Now, above avoiding a negative outcome or avoiding punishment would be seeking a reward. So this is more approach-oriented, but it's also still extrinsically motivated. The only reason you're doing X is so that you can get Y. And this type of motivation turns other people into means for your own ends. And it's not bad to pursue things because you'll get some reward for doing it. But there are higher level motivations. So above that would be doing something out of a sense of duty that you just see this as this is the type of person I am. For example, I go to the gym because and I think that this is what James Clear actually teaches a lot in his book, Atomic Habits which is basically you do something because that's the kind of person you are. So I go to the gym because that's who I see myself as. I might do service for some person in my neighborhood because I do it as a sense of duty. Now, this would be more of an intrinsic motivation, and you're not necessarily worried about punishments or rewards. You're just doing it because you feel like that's who you are. Now, the highest level of motivation, at least on this hierarchy, would be doing something out of love. So as an example, I might make this video out of love for you, the viewer, or I might go to my son's baseball game because I love him. And that may be different than me trying to avoid being a bad dad or me doing it because I'll get some reward or even out of a sense of duty. Doing something out of love is a much higher level. Relationships based on want are a lot more powerful than relationships based on need. If you're doing something because you feel you're being compelled to do it, even in a relationship with God, if you're only doing something because you think God is forcing you to do it, then that's a very unhealthy relationship. That's not a relationship based on trust. It's not a relationship based on love. Love and freedom go hand in hand, and freedom also go along with trust. And so the best and most healthy relationships are where all parties are there because they genuinely want to be there, not because they think they have to be there, and all parties choose to remain in the relationship out of want. This also hits on a lot of Dr. David Hawkins' research on power versus force, that if you're trying to force yourself to do something or if you feel you're being forced to do something or if you're forcing others to do something, then that is doing something out of need and justification, not want. There's also another great book on the subject. It's called Already Free. It's all about psychotherapy and Buddhism. And the whole point here is, is that no matter what, even if you're doing something that you think you're forced to do, you're actually choosing to do it. We are all already free. You are free right now to be watching this video and you're free to turn it off. And so even if you have a narrative and a story in your head that you think you have to do something, you're actually freely choosing it, but you've created a narrative that makes you think you have to do it, which is essentially justifying you doing it. So I just wanted to repeat the quote from Neil Maxwell. He said, what you most deeply desire is what you eventually become. One of the things he talks about is educating our desires. So we all have desires. I think it's really important that we're honest about our desires, but it's also important to question our desires. There's a lot of research that shows that our desires are often shaped by our outside environment. You may want something because your culture or your society has told you you should want it, or because honestly, through social media, you've been brainwashed to want it. There's a lot of research that shows that social media and the marketing that happens through memetics and things like that um, are ultimately designed to shape our desires. And our. a lot of our identity is what we want, but we we fail to realize that what we want has largely been shaped by outside forces and so part of stripping away the layers of the David is stripping away the things that you don't ultimately want, but ultimately what society or your friends or what social media or what public education has told you to want. And so I think that part of wanting what you want is stripping away all of that nonsense and getting really clear on what you most want, why you want it, and 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 knowing that you can get it. I actually like this quote that I once heard from Tim Ferriss, and it was a a quote on happiness. And he said that happiness is getting what you want and wanting what you have. And I think that you can have both, where you want what you have, which is gratitude, where you're overwhelmed with abundance and overwhelmed with gratitude, while at the same time, you can have what you want and you can create it, and it doesn't necessarily need to take away from someone else. But also, I think it's really powerful to question your own desires and to question, is this something that's worthy of wanting? Is this something that's useful to want? Is this something that's valuable to want? Or is this something I only want because I'm trying to impress other people? Is this ego? Is this fear? Is this trying to impress other people? Or is this intrinsically motivated? The more and more you practice this, the more you're honest with yourself, the more you will want things for the right reasons. And the more you will want things of increasing value to you and other people. And this is all about freedom. It's all about freedom and abundance and choosing the life you want. And it's all about being in relationships that you want because you want it and for those higher motivations of love and intrinsic motivation. So for example, I'm in a relationship with my wife because I want to be with my wife. I do good things for her because I want to, not because I think I have to. I do great things for my kids because I love them and because I want to, not because I have to. I also wanna give them trust and I want my kids, as an example, my teenage kids to love me such that they want to please me because they want to not because they think that they have to. And even to my relationship with God, I want to be in a relationship with God where I'm operating out of want, not need. I'm operating out of power, not force. And I actually believe that, that God gives all of us that freedom. I love this poem or this quote. It says, Know this, that every soul is free to choose their life and what they'll be. For this eternal truth is given, that God will force no man to heaven. He'll call, persuade, direct, aright. He'll lead with wisdom, love, and light In nameless ways, be good and kind, but never force the human mind. And so anytime you're operating out of force or believe you're being forced to do something or operating out of perceived need, then you're operating in a world of of scarcity. And if you're going for that world of scarcity, you're not going to create 10x results. Once you start stripping all that nonsense away, you start to have the freedom to expand your freedom and to expand the freedoms of other people and to do so out of intrinsic motivation, and out of a sense of the freedom to choose what you want and you can then ultimately educate your desires as well so that you want better and better things, more and more valuable things. The final point here is just just that your future self wants different things than you. You're not the same person as you were in the past. Think about it. Think about what you wanted 10 years ago. Think about what you valued 10 years ago. Think about what your preferences were 10 years ago compared to where they're at now. What you want now isn't what you're always going to want. And there's a lot of research on this that talks about how often we overly inflate the value of our current wants or even our current emotions. You may want something right now, which may ultimately cost your future self big. And so there's an important recognition of what does your future self most want? What is your future self most value and desire? And the more and more you get connected to your future self and you want what's best for your future self want what's best also maybe for the future of your family, uh, for the future of the world. The main point here is, is that your future self is going to be different than you. They're going to want different things than you want and you can continuously educate what you want and you can, you can have higher level values, perspectives. And the more and more you get connected to your future self and understand what they want and value, and this is what the f- research shows, the more you'll actually have a higher sense of value here and now. You'll make better choices here and now. You'll want to do higher level intentional things that not only benefit you here and now but also benefit you in the future and those you love in the future hope you enjoyed this i will see you in episode seven of the 10x is easier than 2x youtube series if you haven't gotten it please grab this book the audiobook has three hours of extra content between me and dan sullivan where we go deeper and deeper into these subjects your future self can be and will be if you choose them to 10 times better and i think better is more important than bigger that you go for 10 times better and that will proceed 10 times bigger. Create 10 times more value and wealth and just do the best you can. Enjoy it. Have fun. Love you. Talk to you later.